0: Go rebuild my church, which, as you can see, is falling into ruins." These are the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi from an image of Christ on the crucifix at San Damiano in 1205 A.D. These same words inspired Peter Doan, the host of the program you're about to hear. Peter challenges all of us to rebuild, not the brick and mortars of our church buildings, but our personal faith and relationships that will rebuild and strengthen the church. Now here's today's program. Hi, I'm Peter Doan.
1: And I'm Leslie Doan.
0: And you are listening to the radio broadcast, Go Rebuild My Church. Each week in this broadcast, we explore ways to put into practice the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi by our Lord Jesus and how this theme is relevant as we seek to bring renewal to the church today.
1: Our passion for renewal was ignited when we came home to the Catholic Church 14 years ago, and that's when we heard the call to rebuild and joined efforts with many other renewal movements within the church.
0: You can learn more about our journey home and our lay apostolate dedicated to Renewal in the Catholic Church by visiting our website at www.CatholicDiscipleshipMinistries.org.
1: Our prayer is through the ministry of this radio program and our lay apostolate. We can provide pathways for you to join the rebuilding process and experience renewal.
0: We want to welcome those listeners who are joining us for the first time today. In our broadcast, we look at the sacred scripture excerpts from the catechism the lives of the saints and the teaching of the church as we seek to challenge individuals families and local parishes to rebuild and renew the catholic faith here in america
1: okay peter well a couple of weeks ago we began a new series of broadcasts called rebuilding discipleship in the catholic parish And we're tracing this ancient structure, and we believe that now, more than ever in our 21st century, the call to become disciples has never been more needed. Jesus himself said, Therefore, every scribe who's become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings out of his treasure things new and old and discipleship truly is a treasure isn't it
0: it certainly is leslie and you know we grow we quote the great commission regularly in matthew 28 jesus last words before he ascended go ye therefore into all the world and make Disciples.
1: That's it, make disciples.
0: We now want to reach into this area in the life and structure of the church parish that needs to be recovered, renewed, rediscovered, and revived. We always are researching, Leslie, aren't we, the top issues in the church where renewal is being spoken of and needed, and these areas that need to be rebuilt. And we're emphasizing what other thought leaders are also saying in the Catholic Church across America. In this last decade, we Catholics have been hearing this call to discipleship that is very new to most of us, but as the scripture you quoted it said, is very ancient in its origin.
1: Well, we've been exploring what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. I know, Peter, you started with some background information on discipleship throughout the Old Testament and the early church, as well as the time when Jesus was on the earth. And then last week, we began to present seven pillars that we believe are foundational to becoming a Catholic disciple. And Peter, these pillars are from your own experience, um, having served in ministry for so many years. Mm -hmm. But Peter, let's take a few moments to share some of the key takeaways from our last broadcast where we introduced the first pillar of Catholic discipleship which was encounter Jesus
0: yes amen Leslie and we we talked of, of Bishop Barron last week has recently been emphasizing this point and encouraging Catholics to have that personal relationship and encounter with Jesus Christ that is central to our faith and is not a Protestant evangelical-only dynamic. It is very Catholic, as the bishop brings out to us. And
1: we see that in so many of the lives of the saints, just this dynamic encounter with Christ that changed their lives around.
0: Yes, and Bishop Barron points out that our life of faith must, first of all, begin with conversion, a deep encounter with our Lord, he said conversion is not just a one-time event, but an ever-deepening process of growing closer to Jesus until we were finally united with him and his will.
1: Well, when you think about it, baptism, at baptism, our sins are washed away, right?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're
1: initiated into the community of Christian believers. We just experienced the baptism of our granddaughter, mm-hmm. Emmeline. Yes. But our journey in the faith begins with conversion, and that's a process that continues throughout our lives. And I really like how Bishop Barron emphasizes the importance of having a personal encounter with Jesus. And that's where we say yes to him. We make the decision to follow him and become a disciple, to go deep with him. So Peter, what exactly is supposed to happen in that encounter with Jesus?
0: As Bishop Barron again points out, the first words Jesus speaks early in the Gospel of Mark are the kingdom of god is at hand repent and believe in the gospel we've quoted that many times in our uh, former broadcast yeah and that's
1: that point where we need to say yes
0: yes God's order and way of doing things has been made real in the very person of Jesus, and that word repent, Leslie, is metanoia, which means a change of mind as well as a change of actions. Both mind and actions change when we repent.
1: Well, last week, Peter, we also um, shared the example of St. Paul in Acts 9. Sacred Scripture points out that he had a very dramatic encounter of Jesus Christ, but we can learn some things from his encounter. So let's review that, Peter.
0: Yes, and the Holy Spirit took great pains, so to speak, to outline Paul's conversion so that we could learn it as a pattern as well. First of all, we learn, number one, our journeys are unique. The Lord will meet us in our particular circumstances. St. Paul was on his way to Damascus, and the Lord suddenly appeared to him. As he journeyed, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. The encounter is always personal Leslie, tailored to what we need in order to respond.
1: Yes, Jesus meets us where we're at.
0: Right. Secondly, when we encounter Jesus Christ, it will humble us. The scripture says in Acts 9, Saul fell to the ground. We learn through this the humility is our first response to encounter Jesus Christ. Because that opens up the dialogue between the Lord and ourselves.
1: And we talked about our blessed mother, too, how she had that same response of humility and said she was a handmaiden of the Lord.
0: Yeah, good point. Number three, we learn that the Lord will guide us and give us something to confirm our yes to him. It says that Paul, Saul, at that time, was led to the straight called street by those that were with him. God often directs us to share with someone also when our encounter with Jesus takes place. Fourthly, after the encounter, as St. Paul did, we will need a disciple to give us encouragement, correction, and fellowship. In verse 9, we learn that there was a disciple in Damascus, an older brother named Ananias, and the Lord sent him to tell Paul the truth and give him leadership. Number five, we learn from St. Paul, the dynamic that we see in his conversion, we're told that we must suffer as Paul did, was told by the Lord, indeed, if we're to follow him. The Lord introduces that reality right from the beginning to St. Paul. And it's interesting, Leslie, as you follow St. Paul in his first missionary journey, he tells the believers, he says this, He strengthened the souls of the disciples and encouraged them to continue in the faith, saying, it's through many persecutions that we must enter the kingdom of God. Sixthly, we learn from St. Paul's conversion, is that the Lord gives us marching orders. He shows us the big picture of what he's calling us to. He said Paul was a chosen instrument that would go before the Gentiles. We also will receive a call and a commission. And finally, the seventh dynamic is that we learn from St. Paul, the Lord will use this encounter of Jesus Christ for our story to be testified to others.
1: Well, we're going to take a short break now, and thank you for that review, Peter. And when we return, we're going to discuss that second pillar of Catholic discipleship study and learn sacred scripture so please stay with us you're listening to go rebuild my church this program is underwritten in part by willie and deborah wood in memory of their parents woody and joyce wood
0: and bill and elsie brooks catholic radio Indy thanks the wood family for their support
1: alexa what's the weather forecast for today
0: alexa what time is the colts game today
1: Alexa, remind me to pick up the dry cleaning tomorrow.
0: Has Alexa become a part of your daily routine? Then make sure that routine includes Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy.
1: Catholic Radio Indy.
0: Quick, easy access to Catholic programming 24-7. Just say, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Catholic Radio Indy.
1: Welcome back to our radio program, Go Rebuild My Church. And today we are discussing our current series of broadcasts, Rebuilding Discipleship in the Catholic Parish. We believe there are seven pillars that are foundational to becoming a Catholic disciple. The second pillar we are discussing today is a Catholic disciple must study and learn sacred scripture. Peter, where do we begin with this second pillar that's so important and has been so influential in our own lives?
0: Yes, to encounter Jesus Christ, and then to continually encounter him, Leslie, Catholics should read, study, meditate, and fellowship with others over the sacred scripture. You know, although we as Catholics hear the scriptures every time as we attend mass, there also needs to be a revolution in personal and communal study of the word of God. The well-known monk, St. Jerome, who translated the Hebrew and Greek into the Latin Vulgate said this, Leslie, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. The ignorance Jerome speaks of is not primarily an ignorance of intellect, but rather an ignorance of encounter relationship and dialogue with the living christ that comes from the written word of god
1: well peter the word truly forms us and we need to have a foundation in scripture to really walk as his disciples so i thought you and I would spend a little time talking about what sacred scripture says about the importance of reading scripture. Right. So let's start in the Old Testament with Psalm one nineteen one oh five. This is one of my favorites. There was actually a song by Amy Grant many years ago that really highlighted this scripture. Mm-hmm. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path.
0: Yes, Leslie, and as you point out in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament is filled with scripture that speaks about the importance of the Word of God. In fact, there was a whole revival among the Jews through Josiah when they discovered the Word of God, and they hadn't read it for years.
1: Well, let's jump into the New Testament and see what Jesus had to say about the Word. In Matthew 4, 4, he answered when he was in the wilderness with Satan. He said, it is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God.
0: And this is such a great scripture, Leslie, because it shows to us implicitly that through the word of God we can battle Satan and wage spiritual warfare.
1: Also in John 1.1, John said about Jesus, In the beginning was the word... And the Word was God, and the Word was God. That's kind of mysterious, but it's really important.
0: Yeah, and it's so important here, Leslie, as we hear from John that Jesus is the Logos, the Word, and that connects it to the Word of Scripture. In fact, I heard someone say one time that our devotion to the written Word really mirrors our devotion to the living Word, Jesus Christ.
1: Okay, how about John five thirty nine. You search the scriptures, this is what Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, And it is they that testify on my behalf, yet you refuse to come to me to have life.
0: Yes, and Catholics believe in the scripture, one of the interpretations is the allegorical interpretation that says that you can find Jesus Christ in all the scriptures that you read.
1: Right. Okay, Hebrews 4.12, now we're uh, moving into the epistles. It says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart.
0: And listen, I've loved this scripture for years and years. It says to us that the word comes alive to us as we meditate in it, and it separates out and helps us see our motives. It helps us, like James tells us, for the word to become a mirror.
1: And that's why we need to read it every day. Amen. Okay, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work.
0: And here we see that literally there's a building and equipping that goes on in our lives and in our formation when we do meditate in the Holy Scriptures.
1: Okay, and let's wrap it up with Colossians 3.16. And this is
0: a favorite one, Leslie, here. I know.
1: Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God.
0: Leslie, there's a great example in church history about how powerful reading Scripture can be. Our beloved St. Augustine had his life forever changed when he encountered the Lord through sacred Scripture. And the story goes like this. Pontician, an African, came to visit St. Augustine and his friend Alpius. He told them about two men who were suddenly turned to the service of God by reading about the life of St. Anthony. His words had a powerful influence on the mind of St. Augustine at that time. What are we doing to let this unlearned seize? heaven by force while we with all our knowledge remain behind cowardly and heartless saint augustine said then leslie he rushed to the garden greatly upset tears filled his eyes and he threw himself on the grass under a fig tree and he reproached himself and he cried out he said this thou O oh lord how long how long is it to be tomorrow and tomorrow why not now why not this very hour to put an end to my shame now as augustine spoke these words he heard a child's voice singing this tole lege, tole lege," which means take up and read He couldn't remember any childhood game he had played that used those words, and then he remembered that Saint Anthony converted to Christ by hearing just a single verse. That's amazing too, Leslie. Then Saint Augustine took up Saint Paul's epistles and read the first chapter that met his eyes. He just opened up the scriptures, and it said this, "'Let us walk honestly as in the day, "'not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Fulfill the lust thereof. That's in Romans 13, Leslie. When he told his friend Alpheus what did he experience, then Alpheus took up the book and read and found the next verse to be, him that is weak in the faith receive ye, which is applied to himself, and joined his friend Augustine in his resolution. This is the high point of their conversion. In St. Augustine, it took place in 386 when he was 32 years old. After that, his son Adiotas and Alpius were baptized by St. Ambrose at Easter the following year in the presence of St. Monica. And we saw that baptismal font, Leslie, when we were in Milan in our trip to Italy.
1: Right, I remember you were really excited about that. Yes,
0: and shortly after that, St. Monica, who had been praying for him for years, died. St. Augustine's testimony is a powerful witness to the transformational place that reading sacred scriptures can play in our lives and the life of our loved ones. St. Augustine's witness points to the benefits that we all can reap by doing this.
1: Well, we're going to take another short break, and when we return, we're going to continue to discuss how becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ must be connected to our learning and study of sacred scripture, and we will share some important insights we learn from Pope Benedict XVI, who was also very concerned about this. So please stay with us. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood, in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support.
0: Have you ever thought about joining the Catholic Church? Have you just wanted to explore the Catholic faith? All you need to do is call your local Catholic Church for more information. We are always happy to help you in your journey to discover and learn more about the Catholic faith. We have classes that are almost year-round, and the classes and information sessions do not involve making a commitment, and there is no pressure to join. Please call your local Catholic parish for more information today and start the journey of one day possibly becoming Catholic as well. God bless. So, the scan button brought you here. Awesome. We like company. Get to know us. And if you have to leave, come back. You're always welcome. Catholic Radio Indy.
1: You're listening to the radio program, Go Rebuild My Church, and today we are discussing the call to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. We've learned the first pillar to becoming a disciple of the Lord is a deep personal encounter with Him, and that encounter must lead us to conversion. Our second pillar of Catholic discipleship is a commitment to study and learn sacred scripture. Peter, there's some very important insights we can learn from the writings of Pope Benedict XVI. Could you help lead us through some of those insights?
0: Yes, so Pope Benedict understood this challenge that we're talking about today of making the Bible, scripture, an intimate part of our daily lives. He issued a personal plea to each of us when he said this, Leslie, so that the Bible may not be simply a word from the past, but a living and timely word. So he is saying to us that this scripture is important, up to date now for us in this 21st century. In 2010, the Pope wrote an apostolic exhortation called Verbum Domini, which is the word of the Lord. And Benedict emphasized this, Leslie. He said, in this way, I wish to point out certain fundamental approaches to a rediscovery. There's that rebuilding concept there again of God's word in the life of the church as a wellspring of constant renewal. He said, at the same time, I express my hope that the word will ever more fully be at the heart of every ecclesial, that's a church activity. That's pretty powerful.
1: I know. So let's think about what he just said. So Pope Benedict was looking for a wellspring of constant renewal in the life of the church as a result of rediscovering God's word. And that certainly does sound like our program here, Rebuild My Church. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing in our parishes many more Bible studies cropping up. Um, I know several years ago there weren't that many, but now there's quite a few. Yes. And we really need to see that also, in addition to that, we need to rediscover God's Word on a personal level. It needs to become a personal wellspring of renewal. Uh, I think the good news is that we can see from the Bible in a year podcast with Father Mike Schmidt, a lot of people are discovering the word of God, aren't they? Yes, they are. Early in 2021 and again in 2022, his podcast became the most downloaded podcast on Apple's platform. So Peter, as you studied Benedict's apostolic exhortation, what are the key points he wanted to make regarding the importance of the sacred scriptures in our lives?
0: So in this writing, Leslie, there's three key ideas the Pope wanted us to hear. Let's talk about those. Number one, he said that Christianity is the religion of the Word of God. He said that while the church, we greatly venerate the sacred scriptures, the Christian faith is not, this is interesting, important, a religion of the book. He said Christianity is the religion of the Word of God, not of a written and mute word but of the incarnate and living word that we talked about earlier in John 1. Consequently, the scripture is to be proclaimed, heard, read, received, and experienced as the word of God in the stream of apostolic tradition from which it is inseparable. What a wonderful thought and idea from the Pope.
1: And I also love that in his apostolic exhortation, he also brought up the saints. And he said the saints allowed themselves to be shaped by the word of God through listening, reading, and assiduous meditation. In scripture, they saw the most perfect norm for human life. And this is from St. Benedict. Right. As a result, every saint is like a ray of light streaming forth from the word of God. He quoted St. Teresa of Avila. He said which she said, all the evil in the world is derived from not knowing clearly the truths of sacred scripture.
0: That's a pretty amazing statement.
1: And then also, St. Therese of Lisieux, she said, no sooner do I glance at the gospel, but immediately I breathe in the fragrance of the life of Jesus, and I know where to run. Isn't that beautiful?
0: Wonderful quotes, Leslie. Secondly, now, let's go to what the Pope said. He said, the church is the home of the word. The church, he said, is a community that hears and proclaims the word of God. The church draws life not from herself, but from the gospel. And from the gospel, she discovers ever anew the direction of her journey.
1: He quotes St. Jerome.
0: Benedict quoted St. Jerome when he said this, when we approach the Eucharistic mystery, if a crumb falls to the ground, we're troubled. Yet when we are listening to the word of God and God's word and Christ's flesh and blood are being poured into our ears, yet we do not pay heed, what great peril should we not feel? He's quoting St. Jerome there, Leslie.
1: Well, Peter, the connection between the importance of sacred scripture and the Eucharist so reminds me of the scene of Jesus on the road to Emmaus with the two travelers on the way. Jesus combined the importance of scripture that burned within their hearts as they were listening to Jesus and the breaking of the bread when Jesus sat down with them. So those two things, he combined them.
0: Yes, Mm -hmm. And I
1: think it's great. In our small group, one of our norms is that every meeting we read the upcoming gospel for Sunday so as to prepare ourselves for the word and sacrament, which we will encounter at Mass.
0: And we've always said, Leslie, that that makes a Eucharistic connection to the Sunday gathering together. The final point, third point that the Pope makes in this apostolic exhortation is this, the word in the world and of the world. He said, we're called to discover anew the urgency and the beauty of the word to be servants of the word sent out on mission. We love that phrase, to authentically proclaim the gospel by our way of life. He said that the word of God, I like this, connects all the cultures. As a result, the church is firmly convinced, he said, that the Word of God is inherently capable of speaking to all human persons in the context of their own culture.
1: And it does absolutely do that.
0: Yeah, and finally, the Pope said the enculturation of the gospel not only gives rise to the unique expression of the Word of God in various languages, but also overcomes, this is beautiful, the limits of individual cultures to create true communion. Of among different peoples leslie
1: well benedict's um exhortation has truly been enlightening to me i truly feel that it has elevated the word in my mind and i'm so excited peter for you to pray for our listeners today that they would become people of the word and disciples that study and read scripture and learn scripture amen
0: in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen lord we say come holy spirit and come upon us and be in us And just as on the road to Emmaus, the two disciples' hearts burned when Jesus shared the scripture, I pray that you would put a burning in our hearts to love your word, to read your word, to meditate on it, and then share it with others. Lord, help us truly to become a people of the word and become deep in scripture. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen.
1: Okay, listeners, thank you for joining us today, and please make sure to tune in next week as we discover the third pillar of Catholic discipleship, and we hope that you will go to Catholic Indie Radio and download any of our previous podcasts, and make sure to become a regular listener of Catholic Radio Indy. Goodbye for now, and keep keep the the faith.
0: You've been listening to Go Rebuild My Church with Peter Doan. Podcasts of this program are available at
1: www.catholicradioindy.org. You can hear the Holy Mass every
0: day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy.